0: Hey, welcome back to Social Let. This is episode 217. Last episode, we looked at planning your 2020 for your business. And today's episode, as promised, we're looking at planning your marketing for 2020. Now, I sat down with the incredible Claire Dean from Dean and Co to discuss all things marketing strategy and marketing planning for your year ahead. Now, Claire has over 15 years of marketing experience for both big and small brands. So she she knows a thing or two about planning and marketing strategy. Now, if you're thinking that in 2020, maybe you'll just wing your marketing, maybe you'll allocate a little bit of budget to Facebook ads if you have the budget, or maybe you'll post to Instagram if you have the time, you're going to struggle a lot more to see results than somebody who allocates that time and allocates that budget and plans ahead. Now, without any further ado, I'm so excited to introduce you to Claire Dean and our episode on planning your marketing for 2020. Hi, Claire. Welcome to Socialette.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So I'd love for you to share with our listeners who haven't heard of you before. Who are you and what does Dean and co do? Okay.
1: So uh, my name is Claire Dean and I'm the founder of Deen And we are a a marketing agency that focuses on being a chief marketing officer on demand for our clients. So we primarily work with small businesses um, and those kind of ready to level up, kind of medium level businesses who need sort of an outside perspective. They need someone to kind of come in and have a look at their marketing and and see what's working and what's not and sort of providing them with that strategy, um, someone to bounce ideas off because it can be really lonely to be a business owner and a founder. Yeah. Um, yeah, So, so that's us. We, we mostly work in um, the lifestyle space. So um, we do lots of stuff with lots of e-commerce brands and those sorts of things, um, which is all lots of fun.
0: I love that. And I love the CMO on demand. That's such a great idea. And I just I'd love to dive into that a little bit more. So how does that actually play out?
1: Yeah, so it's something that we've actually just recently launched. And so it's basically um, you, you sign up for a package, and you basically then get access to my brain over the course of um, a three, six, or twelve-month program. Um, and so basically, founders can have a an hourly they have an hourly session, then they have unlimited half-hourly sessions and unlimited emails every month. Um, so we can you know sit down at the beginning and work out a strategy and sort of plan how we're going to, you know, do these 3, 6, 12 months together. Um, we can also train the team. So often we find that founders might have, you know, they've got all of this business vision in their head, but they might not necessarily know how to train junior marketers or they might have a really junior marketer, but no one kind of in that senior position who can give that kind of direction and strategy. Um, so helping them... Um, work out what skills gaps are missing for their really junior marketers or for where they've outsourced to their marketing or graphic design or whatever too. Um, so being able to kind of help them bring it all together and take some of that off their plate because it's, you know, there's so much as a founder to be doing, you know, thinking of all of these different aspects and um, kind of taking that from the business owner and bringing some structure to it so that they can implement it more seamlessly, make it more simple.
0: I love that. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, the structure and the strategy is so important and that's something we'll be looking at shortly, but right. I would love to know what inspired you to launch Dean and Co.
1: Yeah. So, I was working for a startup at the time, um when the idea of Dean Co came into my head and um it was really really full on. I would cry at work every single day because it was just <laughs> it was just um just really intense and I just wasn't in a great place and I I kind of realized that what I needed for myself was I needed to be able to um, work more closely with the small business owners myself and be able to kind of choose who I was going to work with and how I was going to work with them and I needed that kind of level of of control I guess um, to be able to kind of understand or to be able to work in my best way Um, and so kept also seeing tons of these small business owners who who were um, you know not able to tell their stories, or not able to kind of get that across, and particularly in the digital space because it you know it's changing so frequently. They're doing an amazing job of building something great, and you know they've got great products or whatever, but they just don't know how to get that message across. So being able to kind of work a lot more closely one on one rather than kind of having to work within the constraints of someone else's business, I guess. Um, and sort of it all took off from there. So it's, it's been I think six years now that Dean and Co has been wow. around. Yeah, in a couple of different iterations. Um, you know, we're working really heavily tactically as well. So doing a lot of implementation, that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, sort of moving into this new phase, which is much more strategy. And um, I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, there's so much demand for it as well. I think there are so many companies out there, marketing agencies out there that focus on the implementation, but not so much on the strategy. And I think that strategy is just so important. So why I'd love to know, Like, I know why a marketing strategy is so important, but I'd love to hear it in your words. Like, why do you think it's so important that every business owner has a marketing strategy and a marketing plan?
1: Yeah, because I guess if you are doing things without having a reason behind them, then you don't know if they're working. You don't know if that's what's generating results for you. You don't know if you're kind of optimizing, and especially for small business owners who just don't have the time to be able to trial things constantly and those sorts of things. A marketing strategy is basically a a plan for, or, you know, a map for how you're going to achieve what you want to achieve. So it's really important to be able to make sure that you're being efficient with your time, to be able to make sure that you're putting your efforts into the things that are going to be most of value, um, that you're spending the money in the right places, all of those kinds of things. But it also kind of gives you a benchmark for you can then go back in a year's time or three months' time or whatever and go, okay, well, Is what I did in this case, is it actually working? There's, you know, I'm sure you've heard of this too, but the old um, what gets measured gets managed and having some kind of strategy or some kind of plan allows you to go, okay, well, this is working or it's not working. I need to change things or I don't need to change things and kind of having that structure gives you the, the basis for that.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so, twenty twenty planning yes. for twenty twenty. Where the heck do we start?
1: <laughs> well, given it's only six weeks away, just less than six weeks away, it's a very <gasps> scary. Is it six weeks away? Well, no, actually, six the, weeks from Christmas, so seven-ish seven. weeks from the end of the year.
0: Crazy. Wow! And by the time when this episode goes live, it'll be about three weeks, so Crazy. three or four weeks. Wow!
1: Crazy. Um, <laughs> but I guess the first place that I would always start. Um, we were talking about this just before offline is making sure that you um, do a bit of a review of what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I'm a big advocate for making sure that you're not just making those, um, you know, that decision and those reviews anecdotally, it's actually looking at your data. So if you've got a website, have you got Google Analytics set up behind it? Are you looking at your social media data, all of those kinds of things, and actually getting some real tangible insights as to where your customers have come from, where they've converted from, you know, actually understanding some of those real metrics behind your business um, because then you can kind of work out, well, is that where I need to be doubling down and spending my money and my time in 2020 or is that is is where I thought my customers were coming from actually not where they're coming from, so I don't need yeah. to be kind of allocating that time and resource to that. Um, so I always start off with having a look at what's happened in the previous year. Whenever I onboard a new client, I always kind of look at their analytics to see, you know, where have their customers been coming from and all of that kind of thing, um, what's worked and what hasn't. And, I mean, even for me personally, Personally, I've just kind of gone through this process and worked out and you were helping me step as part of our mastermind that we do with the founders team um, was kind of going through and identifying what things have worked for me personally. What How do I want to feel? What kind of does my ideal day look like? And I think all of that stuff kind of fits into when you're developing a marketing strategy, because you don't want to be putting a ton of time and effort into marketing something that's not actually what you want to do as a service. And you found this too with your pivot recently. And you can't do that unless you've kind of got some of that introspection and some of that looking back to actually work out what's worked and what hasn't.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, I love that because I'd love to, like, I'd love to know how many business owners out there are pouring all of this time and effort and money into marketing something that doesn't actually light them up because they feel like they still have to do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that makes me—it makes me so sad to think that.
1: Even things like you know, they think, "Oh, I've got to spend a ton of time and effort on social media," but then when they look at their analytics, yeah. it's not where their customers come from. Their customers are coming exactly. from social, or, or from search engines, or, or something along those lines. It makes you know, if you're kind of making these decisions, "Oh, I have to do this for my business because I feel like I should," that's not the best place to be coming at it from.
0: Yeah, and I think even if you have a lot of Instagram followers, you might be surprised at how little traffic you actually get from Instagram. Like I am always surprised every time I check my analytics, how few of my visitors have come from Instagram and how many have come from like Google comparatively. It's just—it's so interesting,
1: particularly for e-commerce. I mean, most of them are yeah. coming through. Most businesses that I work with—they're coming through from your ser- from your search and your so- you know, as opposed to your social media, which can be a real vanity metric. So it really is about drilling down to start off that
0: plan mm. on the right foot. Yeah. So that's interesting. Okay. So once they've reviewed the previous year, what's next? What's the next step?
1: Then I would actually be going and setting through some goals and working out what you want to achieve for the next year. And this might be financial goals. It might be working out what you need to be achieving from a monetary perspective. It might be the types of clients that you're wanting to work with. It might be um, you know, the, the types of products that you're wanting to launch. Like what are some of those kind of key goals that you're looking to set for the year? Um, and I think it's I don't know who said it, but it's something like we can, we overestimate the amount we can achieve in a year and underestimate the amount we can achieve in a day. Um, We can actually get a lot more. Yeah, we can get a lot more done in a day, but then we kind of pile on all of these goals and think I should be doing more, I should be achieving more. So I think it's about being realistic and actually kind of going uh, you know, what do I, what are the things that are really, really important? And what are the things that keep me on track? And what are the things that, you know, I'm going to be really happy at the end of the year if I've achieved these, as opposed to kind of loading up on the goals, because you think you need to. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the next step. And that's really important. Because yeah, as I said, yeah. what gets measured gets managed. So if you know what you're working towards achieving, then kind of everything else falls out from there.
0: Do you have any tips for setting effective goals?
1: Well, well I mean, it's pretty—it's a pretty textbook standard thing, but making sure that they're smart <laughs> goals, so specific, yes. measurable, actionable. Um, what's the R?
0: Something in time. Realistic, proven.
1: realistic, and Re-
0: relevant. Realistic. I think, I think realistic, realistic. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But I think for <laughs> me, I always make sure that there's some kind of something tangible attached to them. So making sure, you know, if mm. I say I want to achieve a certain revenue goal or whatever, and for some businesses it's arbitrary. For some, you know, businesses you're kind of saying, Okay, we want to achieve a million dollars a month and even if that's kind of setting a goal that you don't kind of have a background around if that makes sense. If you're sort of setting this goal, mm-hmm. not knowing what's possible to achieve, having some kind of goal there allows you to work backwards from that and go, Well, uh, you know, we, we need to break down this million dollars into, you know, $250,000 a week or whatever, kind of giving yeah. yourself, it gives you some structure, it gives you something to work with as opposed to having nothing to work with, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like almost like little milestones then. Because yeah. you can say, Okay, well we've hit we've come this far, like we've reached twenty-five percent of our goal mm-hmm. and you can tick it off as you go, and that way you stay accountable and you stay motivated. Yeah,
1: yeah. And what more do yeah. I need to do to be able to try and get a million dollars a month? Or was that goal completely unrealistic and I need to kind of shift and change some things because these goals were arbitrary anyway, I guess. So it's sort of having yeah. having a bit of structure for yourself, but having some flexibility around that as well.
0: Yeah. Mm. So once you've set those goals how do we translate that into a marketing plan? Hmm.
1: So I think having the goals is super important because then it allows you to kind of filter everything out into that. So if your goal is to generate more brand awareness, for example, you can then start to brainstorm what are the things that I'm going to be able to do to be able to generate that brand awareness and maybe that is, you know, Really tactical, like social media advertising or speaking on podcasts or talking at a conference. But once you've kind of got those overarching goals, then you can kind of break it down into the types of things that are going to help you achieve that goal. Um, and one of the things that I always like to do is kind of put everything out onto a big calendar. So go, okay, well, um, you know, if I'm a retail business, what kinds of, um, what kinds of timeframes or what kind of time-driven things do I have that are really important. So, for example, Christmas time is super important from a retail perspective. Yeah. Um, Mother's Day, um, those kinds of key things. Maybe a yeah. business milestone. so it's out, you know, my fifth year in business. Um, for you, for example, stuff like the, you know, the launch stuff, when am I going to be plotting out kind of my launch campaigns? If I've mm-hmm. got, you know, Christmas and and. Mother's Day, the only things on my calendar. What else am I going to be talking to my customers about? And what else can I be communicating? And maybe that's the launch of a new product, or it might be the launch of services, or it might be just you know, continuing to to talk to your customers about new stuff that you're doing. Um, So kind of having all of that mapped out onto a calendar gives me a bit of structure then to be able to say, okay, well, this then allows me to work back and what do I need to do to be ready for Mother's Day or ready for Christmas or whatever? Um, I like to kind of do it in 3 months blocks so that I can then tweak and change things, particularly with small business. You're kind of looking back. If you plan for 12 months, it's changed in the first two months. Um, so, being, <laughs> so being able to kind of have some of that flexibility as, as well. But, you know, if, if you're key goal is around brand awareness and making sure the things that are on your calendar are all kind of contributing to that overarching goal of brand awareness. Um, or if it's a revenue goal, if I'm wanting to kind of achieve a million dollars in revenue, what kind of things do I need to plan out on, out on my calendar and what kind of tactics do I need to start brainstorming and plotting into this calendar to help me achieve those goals?
0: Do you have any tips for how to choose which uh, marketing channels to allocate your budget to and which ones to avoid? Mm -hmm. And
1: it always comes back to your target audience. So if you're, you know, a super creative, um, I don't know, cake maker, then LinkedIn is probably not going to be the (laughs) channel for you. Um, So when it it comes to tactics and when it comes to channels, I... um, Try to think about where my target audience are going to be. Where are they spending most of their time? Where am I going to be able to reach them? Um, but also um, thinking about where can I allocate my resources effectively. So I'm not going to be able to. Maybe my target audience is on, you know, every social media channel, but I'm not going to be able to do that effectively. So what kind of research is out there, or what kind of things can I be doing to find out where people are that I think are suited to me and um, I always read the, the census social media report to give an indication because it's also so colored by who we are as people like, oh, I hate Facebook. I don't want to be on Facebook. But if that's where your audience is, then that makes a lot of sense for you to actually be there. So taking almost yourself out of the picture and looking at where your target audience actually are um i also try to do to to really think about what are the channels that i own so you don't own your social media channels we've spoken about this a lot you don't own your social media channels (laughs) they change the game tomorrow um you know you can't access your facebook followers we're getting you know one to three percent of people are seeing your instagram content so what can you be doing to drive your customers to your own channels that you own so your email list your website your physical store all of those kinds of places um So that kind of is like a layer over everything that I think about. So even if I know that my target audience is on Instagram, I want to be trying to get them back to my own website and my own email address as much as – or my own email list as much as possible.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so taking one step back there actually, how can somebody decide how much of their budget they should allocate to marketing? Is there like a formula for it? I think or? there is.
1: I think there is a formula, but I don't actually know what that formula is. I, I mean, I think it comes down to I'm a big advocate for if you've got a business, you need to have a budget. Um, you know, social mm, media me is too. is pay to play. You have to, you know, you have to be able to have some kind of budget for social media advertising if you want to have any kind of cut through mm-hmm. on those channels. But also, like it sounds so glib to say, but you've got to spend money to make money. You know, you have to, you, know, you can't just open it and they will come. It just doesn't happen like that. Um, and people get, you know, super up in arms because Facebook and Instagram used to be these great ways that you could market for free. And it just isn't the reality these days. You need to have some kind of budget. And I think you can... Um, you can talk to your suppliers and those sorts of people that you work with like your Facebook ads person. or there's tons of resources out there to help you learn how to do it yourself. Um, but I think, you know, each channel has its own nuances in terms of how much you need to spend to get return. So with Facebook, you need to be spending enough to actually be generating sales in order for Facebook to learn enough about your business to continue delivering ads, those kinds of things. So each channel has its own nuances. Um, but I'm a big advocate of, you know, what you can afford. Because the, the more you can put into it, if you're doing it in a smart way, if you're thinking about where your audience is, if you're constantly reviewing the results and, and actually looking at the data behind it, then it's not going to be money that's wasted.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so once you've got your goals, you've got your budget, you know where your audience are, what comes next? Then
1: it's about implementation um so once you hey, yeah yeah so once you kind of got you know you've got your plan you've got your calendar you've got it all sort of broken down i think then it's about kind of by, breaking that down into really bite sized manageable chunks because you know business yeah. owners are doing so much and marketing is just one extra thing to add to the list um so it's about kind of, you know, it's people full, people's full-time jobs. To do, it's our full-time jobs to be marketers all day, every day. But if you can't do that, then it's about breaking down, breaking it down into what you can do. And I'm a big advocate for batch processing. So the more that you can kind of chunk it up, I think that makes it a lot more efficient, a lot more, um, just, just a, a lot easier to manage that way. You're not kind of having to shift your brain between multiple kind of, um, things and, and, processes. So if you can kind of go, okay, well, I'm going to allocate half a day on Monday every week, I'm going to really protect that time. And that's going to be the time that I'm going to work on the business as opposed to in the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as part of that then also building in time for that review. So maybe it's once a month you actually check back and go, okay, well, what did I achieve over the course of this month Um, and was it successful, was it not successful? And the ways you can determine if it was or wasn't is by checking back into your overarching goals. So has it kind of achieved the things that I needed it to in terms of increasing my brand awareness? Is it an activity that might not necessarily have generated tons of return now but that is building me up to more important things, you know, reaching out and and Pitching myself to multiple podcasts to be a speaker might not generate returns in the first month, but it might be something that's setting myself up for the next 6, 12 months or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so really about kind of breaking it down into those bite-sized manageable pieces. Um, and you know, having some, having kind of being able to tie that back into your goals and being able to kind of make sure that you're, you're working on track makes it a lot more achievable rather than kind of just doing things and seeing if they're going to work, having that overarching plan makes sense.
0: Yeah. I love that. The checking back in. I've recently just started doing that every week
1: Yeah, and it takes
0: me, it takes me maybe 10 minutes Mm. max. I just go through and I look at, you know, like website traffic Mm. sales, social media stats, Facebook ad stats every week. And I can say, okay, well, like this is up from last week. Why is it up? This is down from last week. Why is it down? And it's really interesting to see how little tiny shifts that you make actually have big impacts on the results. And when you're only looking at it like – once every couple of months it's too you don't late have, you, you can't remember yeah, yeah you can't think oh this is what i did on that day so that's why there was a spike yeah you can't remember anything. yeah so
1: i i actually have a spreadsheet so i have for, for all of my clients mm-hmm. we have a spreadsheet and we go through and we track it weekly so we go into the google analytics and track all the stuff that you've spoken about and mm-hmm. leave notes so actually write a note well this is what we did here we you know changed all of our imagery and, you know, added a bunch of alt text so that it was more search engine friendly or whatever. Because then, you know, in a year's time when we want to look back and go, well, why did we see a big spike? We've got all of that data all recorded. And that makes it so much easier for planning moving forward because you just pull out the things that are working for you and reimagine the stuff that doesn't. And so that kind of having that analytics and having that data just makes it so much easier to be able to plan moving forward.
0: Makes so much sense. Do you have any other tools that you really you find really helpful in the planning and the strategy process?
1: Yeah, so I use Trello, which I know that you use as well. I really love Trello because it allows for collaboration. Um and it also, you know, you can store all all of your files there. You can there's a calendar view that I use a lot. So I don't just use kind of the boards, I use the calendar view Mm -hmm. to kind of um you know plan events in advance and, and you know work back from how far in advance I need to be talking about them and need to be marketing them so that's something that I find super super useful um what other tools do i use for planning i also use i mean i mean it's so basic but i use like your google docs and those kinds of things too because again yeah. it allows for that collaboration you can start of you can start to kind of Put content into those and sort of work with clients and work with other people in your business or whatever to start kind of getting the bones of all of, you know, your marketing plans and those sorts of things together. Mm. And then you can use, put into Trello as kind of this implementation tool. So Trello is really, you know, this is the date we need to get this done. This is the file we need to do it. Like it's much more kind of um, tangible and tactical, I guess.
0: Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. I I use Airtable for my actual physical content calendar. Mm. I hadn't thought of using the calendar view in Trello. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah,
1: it's, an, it's a, <laughs> a power-up. So you have to do the power-up on it. Yeah, um, okay. But, it, yeah, it's super easy. And so you can basically plot everything out into a calendar and you can assign, you know, you can assign it to certain people and all of those kinds of things and leave comments and other people in your team can see it. And it just kind of, yeah, it's, it's a project management tool that's free that allows you to do a lot of the stuff that you can do in those, you know, Basecamp and AirTask and all of those kinds of things.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's awesome. Okay. So we've implemented, we've gone back and we've reviewed. Are there any other steps that we're missing or is that it?
1: Well, and I mean, I think it's just about that, you know, constant going back and review. And also I think it's about, you know, what's going to work for someone else isn't necessarily what's going to work for you. So I think it's important Mm -hmm. to kind of build into your plan and understand that there's no magic bullet. There's nothing that's going to you know, that you're going to do and it's going to necessarily reap rewards the very next day. And digital is great. I mean, like <laughs> digital is it's so much more flexible. We can do all of these things and we can see results a lot faster. But marketing and particularly the way that everything's going, it's about that regular consistency. It's not about some kind of flash in the pan virality. It is about showing up consistently. It's about allocating that time to work on your business, not just um, in your business it's about checking back and reviewing consistently it's about that yeah. kind of ongoing regular activity that's going to take you to you know take you to the next level it's not about some kind of magic bullet essentially so understanding yeah. that and making sure that that making sure that that's you know something that you really understand because it's not going to be building a business is going to take a lot longer and it's going to take a lot more money than you think it's going to so um kind of having those in plan when you're building Having that in place when you're building that plan is super important to remember.
0: Yeah, and I think not enough people actually factor in that time. They mm. think because I mean, there are like the, there are the stories, right, where somebody had an, a post put up by like the Kardashians, mm. and then their product went viral and their yeah. business grew overnight. Yeah, but those things are the exception. Yeah. That happens so rarely. And what
1: did they do to build that content in the five years prior to that? Do you know what I mean? Like all these yeah stories, exactly. You just you don't know what slog has gone on beforehand to actually make that a reality
0: exactly but the slogs not sexy so we don't hear about it
1: yeah exactly and that's what the planning is like that's what building a marketing plan is it's slog it's not you know it's not the you know instagram story that you look super glam in or whatever like it's you know sitting there with your excel spreadsheet or whatever typing it out so um yeah but it's just it just kind of makes everything else easier and i really do think allocating that time once a week you know, or a larger chunk of time once a month. I do also think um, one of the things that's helped me a lot uh, is coming together with other like-minded business owners to plan together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether that's a mastermind or whether that's, you know, a planning day where you just have a bunch of business owners come together. You might not even be in similar industries. You might be in different um different sectors or you might be in similar ones but just being able to sit down with other people and sort of hear what their goals are and hear what's happening in their business and all of those kinds of things can make a big difference for how you then build your plan moving forward just having that kind of someone else to bounce an idea off or um you know coming with a different perspective that you might not have thought about
0: yeah because that's it right it gets so lonely (laughs) running a business by yourself yeah
1: totally totally and you you kind of you you might not understand or you can kind of get so in your own head, you get so insular that you don't then sort of think about, maybe you don't see these different opportunities and someone else who's external mm. to the business might come up with something that's, you know, a, a great idea that you might not have necessarily thought about that might change the way you're planning and change the way you're doing things.
0: That's exactly it. Yeah. Like the things that are so obvious, we don't even see them sometimes. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we find that in our in, – you know, when we go to our founders team mastermind sessions, we yeah. find, oh, I didn't even think of that because it's just a different <laughs> group of business owners who are coming up with these, you know, who just sort of sitting down and coming up with these ideas.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: One other thing I will just jump back is thinking is uh, when you're putting together this overarching plan too, is kind of taking into uh, taking into account the context of what's happening in the environment. So, mm. um you know, while a particular way of doing things or a particular product or whatever might have been, have worked really well in the past, this is where this kind of review and and using that to build your plan can make sense is that maybe the, you know, the global landscape is changing, you know, Fast fashion yeah. is obviously not what it was because of you know a real movement towards um, sustainability and all of those kinds of things. But even you know online shopping and e-commerce, I think I read a stat the other day that something like forty percent of online retailers had seen a decrease in sales this quarter compared to last or something. So there's you know wow. yeah there's like there's 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 industry context right you know a lot of. Mm. Um, service-based businesses that I'm talking to at the moment are finding this quarter has been a lot slower compared to previous ones despite the fact yeah. that they usually see a big uptick before Christmas. So, you know, having a group of business owners you can talk to or doing that desktop research and looking at the census of social media report or looking at, you know, trends and data and those kinds of things kind of help you give you some context for planning your, you know, your marketing moving forward or planning your um your goals and those kinds of things because you can go, okay, well, I'm going into this knowing that, You know, the retail industry is really hard at the moment, so maybe I'm not going to see double-digit growth. Maybe it's going to be a little bit less than that. So having that context and and industry perspective can make a big difference too.
0: Do you have any go-to places where you'd normally find that research?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I've mentioned a couple of times, but I look at the Census social media report Yeah. regularly. Uh, for' it's, most of these are e-commerce but also I look at the um, the Australia post does a report every year where they kind of talk about what's what they're seeing and they're you know they're doing all the, the posting and all the parcels so they're kind of seeing yeah. <laughs> a lot of the um a lot of the uh, banks like they have, will have their credit card report so they'll kind of be saying that they can oh. see yeah what's happening in terms of how people are spending their money online and all of those yeah. kinds of things and often they'll break it down into um, different segments, so health and beauty or fashion or those kinds of things, they can kind of break down those segments as well, which is really interesting. So I know Commonwealth Bank does them, um, the NAB. So quite a few of the the banks will actually do that reporting as well. Um, where else do I look? E consultancy is also a great resource, and that's and I, I sign up to um, uh, you know the old email newsletter. I love Paul Jarvis. Even mm-hmm. just, just from a kind of an you know not even anything specific industry wise, it's just. Um, you know kind of state of the union type of things you know he sort of talks yeah. about general trends that he's seeing or general feelings that he's kind of seeing in the market um yeah those kinds of people so you know really yeah really good email marketing newsletters or people that you trust you know to be able to give you that that perspective
0: yeah oh, i love that hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. Okay. So at the end of every podcast episode, I have a couple of questions that I throw out at you. The first one is what advice would you give to your pre-business self?
1: Gosh, probably like don't go to work every day and cry for (laughs) a couple of years. Ah. Just start earlier. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I I kind of, you know, I went from a full-time role that I, you know, went to a part-time role and I think, I think you just start. I think it's, it's, you Mm. know, if you believe in something, then, starting before you're ready and that's something that I consistently felt as a business owner you know doing things before you're ready has been um one of the best things that I've done for my business so
0: do that (laughs) I love that Mm. (laughs) I feel like that's been because I always ask this question I feel like that's been one of the biggest like one of the Uh most common answers has been just start yeah right and that's so interesting because that's probably the same advice I would give to myself Mm,
1: yeah interesting
0: yeah that's really interesting. What has been your biggest oops moment oh so far? Um,
1: this, is when, <laughs> this is when I first started um, when I had a, when he was working with a couple of employees at the time and I let this employee work remotely and it wasn't until my financial planner kind of was looking back over my numbers and was going, you know, this person's not generating oh. any income and it wasn't until I kind of looked at all the data and worked out <gasps> that she'd been working like six hours of the 30 hours she was paid to work and... So yes, having systems in place is probably one of my biggest moments, making sure that you kind of understand your business and don't kind of assume that everyone's Mm. on the same page that you are. So kind of having those systems in place to make sure that you're setting things up properly. That was so bad. Oh my
0: goodness. That sounds terrible. How long ago was that?
1: That was a couple of years ago. That was a couple of years ago now.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What has been your biggest growth moment?
1: Um, I was thinking about this one and I think it's been every time I've invested in my business, even when I mm. thought I couldn't afford it. So when I very, very first started and every mentor that I've had, there's been, you know, one thing that I've learned that has been really significant for my business. So even when I very first started, I had a, um, a coach and she was based in the U.S. and I was like, how am I going to afford to pay for this person? Um, mm. But it was the thing, you know, that there were lessons that I've learned there that I still apply today. And every time I've been involved in some sort of mentorship or some sort of those kinds of things, it really has had a significant impact on my business, um, and yeah. So every time I do that, that's when I see big growth. Being able to kind of work with people who who I think are really smart, who I really you know aspire to be like, I think that's really important.
0: I feel like you never feel like you can afford mm, you never do. <laughs> investment, but those are the ones that are like the biggest difference mm-hmm. because when you've, I think when you've like dug a little bit deeper into your pockets to pay for this investment, mm-hmm. you actually end up committing to it, you end up trying to get the most out of it. You implement it. You do the work. You see the results. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. Yeah. And the last one is who or what inspires you?
1: Um, at the moment, I'm inspired by people who are trying to do dif- do business a bit differently. So as opposed to kind of mm-hmm. this whole, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. It's more of this like being really yeah. considered in your business and doing things really strategically. So um, there's a girl called Katie Graham in Byron Bay, and she's a brand strategist. And I've just done a session with her, and I just really admire her approach to how, um, you know, it doesn't. It's not just about Moving forward for the sake of moving forward, it's actually being really considered about yeah. it. Um, Madeline Door, who is the founder of Extraordinary Routines and um, Side Project Sessions, she's the same kind of person. You know, she's just someone who really is an advocate for thinking about things rather than just doing. Um, and I listen to this podcast yeah. called Lessons Lessons for a Hopeful Creative, and the, the one of the oh, girls course. that speak, yeah, she's really good, Jen Carrington, and she's just, I don't know, I just find the thing that she, things that she says about you know, holding space for your business and kind of seeing it as an entity that needs you to be present for it is just really, I just really love it. It's a really great podcast that I really like Um, and just podcasts in general. I I just, you know, I'm a massive podcast consumer and just (laughs) listening to people tell their amazing stories is just a constant source of inspiration.
0: I love it. Thank you so much, Claire. Where me. can our listeners find out more about you and about Dean & Co.? So
1: they can head to our website at www.deanand.co, and Dean has an E on the end of it, um, or on Instagram, which is um, at deand, Um, So, yeah, come on, check us out.
0: Great. Thank you so much for sharing Thank your you. marketing planning and wisdom with us today. No worries. Thanks
1: for having me.